The problem is not with your radio, and nothing is screwing up the stream. This time, that's just us, busting up whatever is on the air now for Deep Night Ticket Fun. Live from the Woodford Reserve Musers Ticket Compound on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Busting. Now, that's silly talk for a time like this. We are the pregame show for Juniors Coast to Coast. We're very excited to be here. I'm Dan McDowell, along with Corby, the Snake Davidson, and Jake, the, the Jake, uh, Kemp. Jakey. Jakey. And here we are. We're just excited. We're about five minutes away. I could still see the uh, edge of the sun, but we're yeah. at sunset, and that's when Juniors Coast to Coast Traditionally, we'll take to the airwaves the second night of each uh, compound. And, uh, Corby, what do you expect to hear tonight? Fireworks. Um, I'm a little nervous for Craig, to be honest with you, because I know a couple of things he's going to tackle. It may not be very popular uh, with the masses, what he's going to tell a lot of people. Um, it kind of freaked me out when he did earlier today, but I trust him. He's been doing this for so long. It's kind of second nature at this point. It is. It is, and as, but it's not that easy, though. I mean, no. listening to it, you're like, man, this guy. Well, you got knows everything, but it's it's because he's a tireless worker. Well, and for the people, he tells the truth. He believes, and therefore, what he says is it means a lot more. Yeah, that's why when people ask me what I'm most impressed with, you know, the everyone says the knowledge, yeah, right? I mean, that's right. but but for me, it's really the bravery. Yeah, you know, because you don't go into this without understanding the risks, right? Uh, and he he bears all of that on himself. So a lot of people have the knowledge; very few men have the bravery. Well, remember about four or five years ago when drones kind of became a thing. Um, Craig was an hour into his show, and somebody launched a drone attack. And look, we didn't talk about it very much because we didn't want to welcome others, but it was scary. Um, you know, if you're familiar with drones, I don't know if you guys are. Drone technology is, yeah. a, is an area that I am certainly okay. All right. well, delving into more and more each day. So the drone had, it was like a, like a spinner type thing right. uh, at its base, and it was hurling Chinese throwing stars at the broadcast site. And it actually hit killer. And I could tell you one broadcaster who wouldn't be back out here. That's me. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'd, but, I'd worry about my family. Yeah. And then they put little boxing gloves on the end of it, and they were firing them out, like, really rapid. But it was like a like a little Mike Tyson, each one of them. Yeah, that's really weird. Is this the end of hour? What are we doing? Well, no. I, I think, like, the intent there was to make us think that it was Chinese Mike Tyson. Um, a layman might think that, but Junes knows no Tom, Dick, and Harry can launch an attack that sophisticated. Right. You know, that comes from within. That comes from the deep state, if you will. Um, those are the type of people he's dealing with. Daily. This isn't yearly. For him, it's daily. We hear it once a year. He right. lives it. It's, uh, it's incredible that we just get to be in his presence at certain times. Uh, but so I'm just excited that we get the opportunity to air this yeah. tonight 
live. This is live. This isn't live to tape. No. This is live. It's the only way it can be done. You know, Art Bell and and his ilk, if you will. Um, you know, Craig studied so long under his tutelage and others just like him. And he's been in our industry for 35 years, which is a powerful combination of broadcasting excellence, knowledge, courage, um, the courage to deal with unsightly things. Um, but he has that, and that's why that's why I can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat as we speak, ready for him to start. I think we have less than a minute until official sundown, and, and I believe our, our, our clock is ruled by atomic time, and it will just trigger the, uh, the broadcast uh, studio to uh, activate. Jake, in our short time, um, Jake, do you have any predictions or just uh, ending thoughts, Jake, final you, thoughts? Well, I think there's only one prediction, and that is that much like the time, it's universal like these truths that you're about to hear. You know, they're tough to hear. Uh, it's not just something that we as Americans, but we as humans, we as people need to hear. And again, there are few people who are willing to go there. You know that it's it's innate. You know he was he was born for this. So Jake, go raise the American flag. <laughs> well said. Okay. Well said. Okay. Well, I think it's just about officially sundown, guys. You know what that means? What is it? Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. KTCK AM, Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus media station. The Ticket. From an undisclosed location in the kingdom of Blaine Nye, this is Junior Coast to Coast, America's most provocative and least listened to radio program. Be warned, this is the radio show the government doesn't want you to hear. And now, here's the provocative and popular Junior Miller. Well, good evening, and welcome to Junior Coast to Coast from the middle of nowhere. It is sunset. And it's time to start our program. Thanks for joining us. If you're listening right now, then you're here for one reason. That is to learn, discuss, and enjoy the topics that no one else has the courage to broach. This evening we're going to talk about UFOs or UAPs. We're going to talk about things that, quite frankly, our government doesn't want us to bring up, but that people around America are finding out more and more about and now in some cases, including the one you're about to hear, our government doesn't have much of a choice now, do they? We'll talk about Bigfoot. Joining us shortly will be the preeminent Bigfoot expert in America. We'll talk about the latest Nessie sightings, devil worshipping, and yes, the latest urine news. This is the only known outlet in America to openly discuss the supernatural, the taboo, visiting different dimensions, visitations from other worlds, and related to those visitations, anal probing. 
which we all know is done to learn more about us humans, not to bring us humans to a point of ecstasy. This is a safe space for your stories, your theories, your thoughts. Now, one thing I'm famous for is the honest relationship that I've always had with our listening audience. It would be disingenuous for me to open tonight's show without sharing with you a letter that I received today. I will now read it in its entirety, unredacted. It arrived on United States government letterhead, and it reads as follows. Mr. Miller, this letter is served upon due to your coast-to-coast radio program enjoyed by millions, said activity. If you do not cease the aforementioned activity, a lawsuit will be commenced against you. If the activity continues, we will immediately seek a temporary restraining order in the district court against you and any accomplices in this matter. We will also seek monetary damages to be proved at trial. Hopefully this recourse is not necessary. We have our own interests to protect and will vigorously do so. You will not receive another warning letter if you do not confirm in writing to us by the 18th day of May 2023 that you will cease violating our agreement. A lawsuit will be commenced immediately. Sincerely, Joseph R. Biden, President of the United States of America, Lloyd J. Austin, United States Secretary of Defense, Christopher Ray. Director of the FBI, and David S. Cohen, Deputy Director of the Central Intelligence Agency. All four signed this letter of cease and desist. Now, if you've listened to this program for any amount of time, you know I've been a target. I've been singled out by our government. They don't like us talking about what they know about UAPs, what they know about Sasquatch what they know about urine. So they want to silence us, which is why we broadcast from an undisclosed location. It's also why I've hired a team of perimeter security officers staked out across this acreage. I understand from them that government troops are stationed just beyond this property, and they've been watching us for the past seven hours. But despite that... Despite the cease and desist letter, we are undeterred and we will move forward with our programming because it's just too damn important not to. And I want to start with the latest UFO sightings. The U.S. government is now tracking more than 650 potential cases of so-called unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP. Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, recently told a Senate Armed Services subcommittee, the Pentagon and intelligence community, to identify emerging foreign technologies, including his role in helping to identify high-altitude surveillance balloons from China that flew over U.S. airspace in February. And I know in anticipation of this show, everybody wanted me to talk about the so-called spy balloons, weather balloons, if indeed that's what they were. Well, of these videos that he showed, he played video from two cases that had been declassified, one that had been resolved and the other unresolved. The first video 
showed a small orb that flew through the camera screen of an MQ-9 drone in the Middle East in 2022. The drone's object, uh, the drone's camera followed the object. It moved through the sky, coming in and out of the screen. Kirkpatrick explained that this case was unresolved because there was no other evidence beyond the video. In the second video from South Asia earlier this year, an object flew by two MQ-9 drones, including one that captured video, appearing to have a propulsion trail behind it. Kirkpatrick could not explain that, saying only it was truly anomalous. But he said after they pulled apart the video frame by frame, his office determined that it was just a shadow image. There is almost no doubt that in my estimation, 72 to 74% of these 650 sightings are the real deal, no matter what he says, no matter what anybody from the Pentagon says. Coast-to-coast sources inside the Pentagon tell me that our government is, quote, overwhelmed by the preponderance of hard factual evidence that we are being visited by aliens from outer space. And we here at Coast to Coast are about to blow the lid off of this. Another one of my sources was able to borrow classified documents, which is what everybody seems to be doing these days. And within these documents were photos of the aliens that the government is holding. Some at Gitmo, some at Area 51, some at a Ramada Inn just outside of Bismarck, North Dakota. The aliens are fascinating-looking creatures, and we plan to publish these photos on our website, Junior Coast to Coast Radio Program that the government doesn't want you to listen to, forward slash crazy alien photos, backward slash dot org. Now, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but these creatures are not tall. They have one eye in the front of their head, one on each side, and one in the back of their head giving them constant 360-degree views. That's all I want to say right now. I don't want to give too much away. I want to drive some traffic to our website. I can tell you they are highly intelligent, and they have been crushing the government guards in chess to pass the time at those three locations. That's all I'm going to say right now. That's all I want to say. We have to move it along, because coming up next, we're going to get the latest... Bigfoot sightings, Bigfoot news, all things Sasquatch, as we'll be joined by Larry Batson, the preeminent Bigfoot expert in America. From an undisclosed location in the kingdom of Blaine Nye, this is Junior Coast to Coast. America's most provocative and least listened to radio program. Be warned, this is the radio show the government doesn't want you to hear. And now, here's the provocative and popular Junior Miller. And welcome back to Junior Coast to Coast. Appreciate everybody joining us from Parts Unknown tonight. We're scheduled to visit with Larry Batson, my dear friend, the preeminent Bigfoot expert in America. 
I believe the uh, guys back at the mothership were going to have to delay that interview. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, we'll get to Larry hopefully in our next segment. So we are going to mix in some phone calls from our listeners. Give us a call with anything you want to talk about in the areas that we love to discuss. Again, it's a safe space. You can bring any story or theory to the air, and we will get to it, and we'll have an intelligent conversation about it. I do want to start by talking about monsters, because one of the most famous monsters is, of course, Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. And there's a new story out talking about one huge advantage in the search for Nessie is the ability to have an eye trained on that body of water 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they now have webcams planted all around Loch Ness, recording everything all day and all night. So Nessie hunters now have a tool at their disposal. And these webcams are actually picking up activity. According to one of the most serious hunters of the Loch Ness Monster who examines this footage daily. He writes in, also reports this in his latest YouTube video, that he recently saw an object 15 to 20 feet long. It accelerated about 600 feet down the lake, 150 feet from the northern shore. Then it disappeared. The object could be seen rising up three feet out of the water with two black humps coming out of the water about 15 feet apart with a lot of splashing around the object. And he says this new footage could be the most compelling evidence yet in proving the mythical creature is real. I don't know about you all, but that just gave me chills. We have monsters in the North Texas area as well. You probably know the story of the Lake Worth monster. It's a legendary creature said to inhabit Lake Worth and also the Fort Worth Nature Center. The creature is usually described as part man, part goat, with scales, long clawed fingers. Reports of sightings date back to July 1969. Newspapers, in fact, that year reported the sightings, including one in which the monster landed on a man's car after jumping out of a tree, and another where the monster threw a car tire at a group of people. In an interview, Alan Plaster said that he had taken a photo and shared it with the newspaper, and the photo shows a man-sized white fur ball. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds 100% legitimate. One article I found talked to a zoologist, and he said that he believes the Lake Worth monster is, quote, an undiscovered, uncatalogued primate species that walks on two legs. The Lake Worth monster. That is not to be confused with the goat man in Argyle, Goatman's Bridge, an old wooden and steel structure spanning a small creek in Denton County, is also known as Old Alton Bridge. But there is a legend around Goatman's Bridge that the Goatman, Oscar Washburn, 
who was killed by being thrown from that bridge in the 1930s, haunts it to this day. Speaking of hauntings, I think I've told you before about the spider lady, having spent a lot of time in my childhood in Lancaster. We all knew of the spider lady, a cemetery on Old Beltline Road. We used to go there at night to see the tombstone of Addie Randlett. She died in the Randlett family home in 1896 from a poisonous spider bite. The statue at her gravesite since then has been called the Spider Lady Statue. And I bring these mythical creatures, these ghosts, up because in some of these instances, for example, at Goatman's Bridge, there have been stories of satanic rituals taking place. We used to hear the stories of satanic rituals taking place at the cemetery on Old Beltline Road where the Spider Lady was buried. Well, I have my own story, my own up-close and personal encounter with devil worshippers. And we do talk about devil worshippers here on this program because, as everybody knows, it has direct ties to alien visitation. Those who practice it have also been known to dabble in the sphere of the supernatural, and that's what this show is all about. Well, I take you back to 1975. I was a precocious 10-year-old, and along with my cousins, Brian and Douglas, we decided that after hearing the stories of devil worshippers in Duncanville, we would, after the adults went to bed, set off on foot from our home in Lancaster and spy on the devil worshippers. They were said to hold their ceremonies in Duncanville, where I-20 splits as it falls down the big hill from Duncanville into Grand Prairie. If you've ever driven that highway, you know there's a mysterious road that leads up the mountain, apparently a road to nowhere, the perfect location for devil worshiper activities. We loaded in our little backpack flashlights, Kleenex, Band-Aids, binoculars, and candy, and we set out just before midnight. Now, it was a little hairy crossing the eastbound lanes of I-20, none of us wearing reflective clothing. Once we walked up the road to nowhere, though, we arrived at a plateau, not visible from the highway on either side, nor from any spot within a 20-mile radius. It was there that we saw probably 100 devil worshippers. We hid behind a pecan tree and we watched. Had they seen us that night, I would not be here today to tell this tale. The ceremony was full of fire and dancing and chanting, and for about ten minutes in the middle of the ceremony, one of them got up on stage and did some stand-up. Then and only then did I spot someone whose identity I only later understood. It was a young man in his 30s, wearing an Arkansas letterman's jacket. That night, I watched a young Gerald Wayne Jones make a deal with the devil. Satan agreed to give the future owner of the Cowboys three Super Bowl wins, but the trade-off, in addition to claiming Gerald's soul, was that his franchise would then endure one of the most inexplicably long runs of playoff failure in North American sports history. 
And now you know the rest of the story. The latest Bigfoot news, the latest Bigfoot sightings with the preeminent Bigfoot expert in America coming up next when Coast to Coast continues. From an undisclosed location in the kingdom of Blaine Nye, this is Junior Coast to Coast, America's most provocative and least listened to radio program. Be warned, this is the radio show the government doesn't want you to hear. And now, here's the provocative and popular Junior Miller. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. We're having a great show tonight. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners for all of the feedback. Just posted a video sent by a gentleman. He took of a footprint in the snow that is clearly a Bigfoot footprint. I don't see any way it couldn't be. I posted that on Twitter at Junior underscore Miller. And speaking of Bigfoot, it is a pleasure to welcome back to the program a guest that we've had on a couple of times before here on Coast to Coast. He's one of my favorite guests to have on the program. It's Larry Batson, who I describe as the preeminent Bigfoot expert in North America. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Outstanding. Always good to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. And I want to get right to it. Are Bigfoot sightings becoming more commonplace these days with everybody carrying their own cameras around and video recorders around in their cell phones, or are they less common than they were, say, 30 or 40 years ago? Much more common, by far. I knew this would happen Mm -hmm. with the uh, cell phones and so forth. It's, uh, it's It's bound to happen. Everybody has their own broadcasting studio in their pocket. Yeah. Of the sightings these days... I don't know how many you have time to go through, but what percentage would you say are legitimate and what percentage would you say are made up? Well, that's really hard to say, but I would say, just by guesstimating, uh, probably over half are, uh, are real by yeah. far. Yeah. That's what I would have guessed. And, and the real ones, when you look at the evidence, the video, the photos, you hear the stories, it's pretty hard to deny. I mean, it's the old thing where there's smoke, there's fire. And When you have a thousand sightings and most of them are credible or whatever the number is every year, it's, it's really hard to, to ignore that, isn't it? It is. It is very hard. Yeah, it keeps happening. That's the thing. Do you think the Bigfoot population in North America is growing, or is it a stagnant number? Now, that is really hard to, de- to decide on, because uh, there, there are so many. And now people, maybe, maybe you have the desire, because the amount of publicity these things get, they, they go out and, and come up with their own. But uh, really, really, that's really hard to pinpoint. Yeah. What is your 
personal experience, for those who haven't heard you on before, your personal experience with viewing, spotting, sighting a Bigfoot? Well, I don't know. I have no, really, to tell you, I have no idea. I think it's 50% or 20%. I think it's a shot I think we're losing Larry a little bit there. Is that is that just on my end, guys? Are we getting jammed by government signals, or is that is that Larry's phone? Larry, it sounds sounds like we got you yeah. in a bad bad cell. You got us now. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Your your personal experience with Bigfoot. Well, I, I, I'm contacted all the time, and uh, people either through emails or or just a phone call. I'm just, they say they've seen something unusual. Um, now, I get too many reports from one particular person, and I, then I have quite a bit of doubt. But um, I, I think it's, it's it's going crazy, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, it is going crazy. Uh, for those who haven't heard you before, typically describe a Bigfoot. What what most of the sightings describe? Height, weight, uh, facial features, how they walk, strength, anything you know about that as you've cobbled together all of these reports? Well, uh, most of the reports that I get is something that's tall, six, seven feet tall, uh, Heavy build, what appears to be very, very powerful, and a face that looks very ape-like. But then again, it, it looks very man-like. It's just covered with hair or fur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, there's, it's, there's quite a perspective on this. Do they tend to be friendly? Have Have there ever been reports of a Bigfoot being violent towards human beings? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. Uh, there have been several reports of that. And um, because of their size and their strength and just the appearance, uh, people just, they just, <clears throat> they're just terrified. I mean, the people are just terrified. And uh, most of the response that I get is, I've seen it once. I don't want to see it again. Right. I don't want to see it again. And uh, I get other descriptions, I can see why. I, I understand that too. Believe you me. Uh, ha, has there ever been a story of a Bigfoot that attacked a human being or inflicted pain in any way, either physically or emotionally? Yes, there has been, and uh, there have been people that have been completely um, um, their lives have changed completely because what might have been an avid sportsman goes out in the woods a lot or in the, uh, in the great outdoors, uh, they swear they'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, after the descriptions, I can see why. And uh, then there's ones that say, well, I, I saw it once, but I'd like to try and see it again. But that's very, very rare. This is Larry Batson with us, the preeminent Bigfoot expert in North America, frequent guest here on this program. How do... Bigfoot creatures get along with 
the other creatures in the woods, in the mountains? Are, are they friendly? Are they a- adversarial? One word, hungry. <laughs> hungry. It's just a, I just, uh, I had a report of a gentleman who was uh, deer hunting here in southern Indiana. And uh, he was watching a deer, but it was a doe, and he had no interest. And he sat there, and he said, I'm just going to watch it. So he sat there in that tree blind. Then all of a sudden, the, the huge brush pile next to the deer just started vibrating, moving. And uh, he, he he just didn't know what to think. Then all of a sudden, out of that brush pile, this Sasquatch appears. He said it was about six and a half feet tall, heavy body, long arms. And he said it ran after the deer, grabbed it by one of the hind legs, and then beat it up against a tree. And then before he knew what had happened, next guy watched this thing, grabbed a Sasquatch by the hind leg, beat it up against the tree and killed it instantly, and then tucked it underneath his arm, and then walked off into the woods. And this whole event took approximately, oh, two, three seconds, and then it tucked wow. it underneath his arm and then walked off in the woods, and he didn't see it again. That just gave me chills, that story. that That is evidence of their strength, their speed, which I don't think a lot of people take into consideration how fast they move and mm-hmm. and the the power it's 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 awesome is what it is it's awe inspiring wow. yes it is and uh he's a, he he, uh, he definitely believes that things exist after seeing that yeah for and, sure and he continues to he doesn't i won't say he pursues it all the time now but if you give him the opportunity to go with you uh He'll, he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. Second. They are so physically powerful and imposing. What is their mental capacity? Uh, well, it depends where they're at. Uh, if they're in the field, uh, it's, it's much, much more than ours. We're, we're just like kind of like imbeciles compared to the the man in the woods. Really? And Yeah. Yeah. Because when they see this, something like this, people are just blown away. They just don't know what to think. So if they're highly intelligent and they have the physical prowess, do they have designs on taking over the world, or do they just not have the numbers for that? Uh, both. They, they don't have the numbers. And plus, that, that was, that's so intimidating that they don't, they don't want to have the numbers. Right. That makes sense. Larry, this is incredible stuff. As always, I really appreciate you joining us. Is there anything you'd like to plug, uh, your website? Uh, have you written a book, anything lately? Uh, our Facebook page, uh, Larry the Animal Guy and Friends, and a lot of the sightings that I get, I, I post there. Great. Or if you have something to tell me, you can post it there, and I'll, I'll have your number, your address, whatever. Then we'll, uh, we'll pursue it. We'll see what happens. All right, great. I'd like all our listeners to uh, to follow him on Facebook, Larry the Animal Guy, Larry Batson. Larry, as always, it's a pleasure. I really appreciate you hopping on with us, and uh, we'll do it again next year. 
Okay, thank you. All right, take care. There he goes. That's the great Larry Batson, the preeminent Bigfoot expert here in North America. And if those stories don't resonate with you, and I know with our listening audience they do, then I'm not sure you have a brain because that is overwhelming, indisputable evidence that these creatures exist. Not to mention uh, the little video clip that I just posted of the Bigfoot footprint that seems to be indisputable evidence. It's, uh, it's a fascinating world. I can't say, as I talk to you this evening, that I've ever encountered Bigfoot in the wild. I do believe that one day I will. I think that's part of it. If you believe in the creature, then I think I think the gods will make it work that you have a run-in with them. Uh, I just hope that my run-in doesn't end the way that it did for that deer. Three seconds, killed the deer, tucked it under its arm, and headed off to dinner. All right, let's take some phone calls from our loyal listening audience, and let's start east of the Rockies. Good evening. You're on Coast to Coast. Hello? Hello, you're on the air. Hello, hey, Junior. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So, um, so what do you say to those that say that um, drinking your own urine is not beneficial? Well, we're going to get to the latest urine news coming up here in about 10 minutes. So if you can hold on for that, I think you'll have your answer. All right, let's try the wild card line. Hi, you're on Junior Coast to Coast. Oh, is this Junior? It is. Hey, Junior. I'm calling to tell my story about seeing Bigfoot when I was a young boy. Please. The year was uh, 1987, and my father took me to Reunion Arena, and he was hiding in plain sight, smashing cars, and we were surrounded by trailer trash. And that's the story? Yeah. And everyone was cheering him on as he crushed cars and made a big scene. And he can now be seen at the uh, Monster Jam, I believe, was his latest sighting. Interesting. Thank you for those reports. It's very rare that Bigfoot is sighted in one of the top ten most populous areas in America. Uh, very rare to see him, although I suppose he could make his way up and down the Trinity and then reunion very close to the Trinity, quarter mile, and he's right there. Could definitely happen. Let's go west of the Rockies. Hi, you're on Junior Coast to Coast. Junes, can you hear me, Junes? Yes. I am here to tell you why Bigfoot is evil. Okay. We've had sightings in Creekville. And and then uh, Bigfoot went crazy and killed a bunch of people. So, all right, thank you so much. That was uh, that was a good report. Good. All right, it's time to take another break. And when we come back, we will get to the latest urine news, the elixir of life, and some of the stories you will hear you will not believe.
from an undisclosed location in the kingdom of Blaine this is Junior Coast to Coast, America's most provocative and least listened to radio program. Be warned, this is the radio show the government doesn't want you to hear. And now, here's the provocative and popular Junior Miller. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Thanks for joining us. We've been on the air almost an hour tonight. Despite the cease and desist letter from the United States government. And I hope everybody appreciates the courage, and I appreciate you being with us. In an hour, we have already talked about UFOs, monsters, Nessie. We had Larry Batson, the preeminent Bigfoot expert in North America, tell some absolutely chilling tales about that creature. We've talked about devil worshippers. What haven't we talked about? Ah, there is one thing. And that would be urine. As everybody knows, I am a big, big believer. If you are a doomsday prepper in having plenty of urine on hand, you need to recycle this. It needs to be your own urine, although in case of absolute emergency, you could consume somebody else's. But it's a little secret that I've shared with our listening audience for many, many years, and it can come in handy. If you are trapped, you have no access to running water, bottled water, Coke, beer, whatever, and you are on your way out, there is something that can keep you alive, and that is your own urine. These stories from just the last couple of months... Dateline, March 3rd, 2023, in Bolivia. A Bolivian man says he was stranded for 31 days in the Amazon jungle and resorted to measures like eating worms and drinking his own urine to survive. He said that he was initially drinking the rainwater that he collected in his shoes But when the rainwater ran out, he drank his own urine. And ladies and gentlemen, he survived 31 days in the Amazon because of it. February 10th, 2023. Turkish rescuers pulled out a teenager from rubble of a building after the earthquake in Turkey. A miracle recovery that came 94 hours after the earthquake which also saw the 17-year-old drinking his own urine to survive. The 17-year-old told rescuers that he drank his own urine and waited for you people to come. He said, I drank my own urine to survive, and I survived thanks to my God. Also, that same quake rescue in February in Turkey, firefighter Emma Atcherley of Wales journeyed to Turkey to help with the rescue effort. She said, as we drove into the city in the morning, it was complete chaos. There were ambulances and cars everywhere. It was so noisy. It was very difficult to get around, and I can't imagine what that place looked like before the earthquake happened. There was one lady in her 50s who had been trapped for five days and survived by drinking her own urine. She was really strong and vocal, she said, but while she was trapped, she thought it was only her building that had collapsed. It must have blown her mind when she came to, came out, and saw the destruction of the entire city. 
She would not have been able to see that destruction if not for her own urine. February 4th, 2023, a 63-year-old woman had to drink her own urine to survive during her ordeal when she fell into a well. It's the 63-year-old version of baby Jessica. Rescuers finally found her after she had been trapped there for nine days in southwest China, drinking only her own urine to survive the nine days. Do I need to go on? I have here a list of 307 other stories from this year alone of people drinking their own urine to survive. So it's my tip to you, as, say, the worst moment of the year is approaching, or you start to feel shaky about Russia and China, whatever the case may be, have your own urine bottled and ready. And it needs to be a medium yellow color. If it's a bright yellow, that means you're really dehydrated. If it's very clear, that means there probably aren't many nutrients in it. You need the medium yellow. And again, cycle it out. You're producing it every day, so why not every once in a while cycle some new urine in? Just a tip from me to you. All right, let's get back to the phones. West of the Rockies, good evening. You're on Junior Coast to Coast. Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, that's why I said hello when you said hello. I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. Thank you for not using my name. I changed my name long ago to an algorithmically generated set of unpronounceable space hieroglyphics that refreshes every seven and a half minutes. It does (laughs) make it extremely difficult to keep an updated driver's license, but it does keep the G-men guessing. Junior, I want to thank you for your courage and what you've done to both your corporeal and ethereal bodies. It's my pleasure. That being said, I have a chilling concern that bears an important question, and I don't want you to sugarcoat the answer. My question is this. Mom, I'm on the phone. Can you give me any sort of assurance that this show, that our conversation happening at this very moment in our flimsy construct of time is not merely a simulation created by AI. Are we real? And if so, how do we know? I appreciate the call and the question, and I think it's a great one. Tell your mom hi, by the way. I do believe in simulations. Now, I don't have evidence, but I do believe that this is one big Simulation, or that each of us is experiencing our own simulation. We may not be in this simulation together, but I cannot tell you that we are not, because I think the chances are probably in the neighborhood of 52.7% to 53.1% that we are all living in some sort of a simulation. Now, that could be the God of your choice. That could be alien overlords who are running the simulation and just having a hell of a time watching us try to figure out the world. Uh, it could be one giant simulation for all of us. could be one giant simulation for the universe. could be an individual situation, a simulation for all of us. Uh, 
8 billion individual simulations going on right now in this world, if indeed that's the population. Maybe that's just the population in my simulation. Maybe there are only three people in the world. I don't know. But I would say, to answer your question, there's a better chance than not that we are in the middle of some type of simulation. Let's go to the wild card line. You're on Junior Coast to Coast. Good evening. Hey, Junior. Can you hear me now? Yes. Well, I am calling you from deep in the Pacific Northwest woods, and I've been here for a few days, and I have a chilling story to tell you. That's the home of Bigfoot. Indeed, indeed. So about three nights ago, I noticed uh, a large creature kind of posed back behind our cabin, maybe defecating. I couldn't tell, um, but it caught my attention, and then we locked eyes. I think that aggravated it. So the second night I go back out there, I leave a jar of olives and some Mexican food. It's kind of a sign of peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have upset it. I don't know. I've I've named the creature Richard, and I'm hoping Richard will come back around. I, I don't know. You know, I'm, a fit, I'm afraid that, you know, I might have aggravated it. I saw him kicking a stump like he was an SMU soccer player, but, uh, you know, this guy, I'm really afraid and terrified for my, uh, my well-being and my family out here. Yeah, you sound shaken. Uh, can I ask what specifically the Mexican food was? Are we talking fajitas, tacos, enchiladas? Actually, you know, it was a, uh, it was a nice mole mix. Um, you know, mm. it, was, uh, it was ground beef. Yeah, I mean. There's your problem. Really- There's your problem. Sasquatch typically does not like mole, red chili mole or the darker variety. I think you made an enemy, and I understand your concern. Uh, yeah, that's that's got to be it. Well, I appreciate your advice. And, yeah, you uh, bet. You know, it's it's back to the drawing board. Just stay safe and uh, try going with something a little more simple. Try going with, uh, you know, your basic chicken enchiladas with the tomatillo sauce. Thank you for your call. Let's now go east of the Rockies. Good evening. You're on Junior Coast to Coast. Everybody's a little slow on the draw tonight. East of the Rockies, you're on Junior Coast to Coast. Well, let's try the wild card line. Good evening. You're on Junior Coast to Coast. Our phones have gone down. No lie. Are you kidding me? No. Our phones have gone down? And anybody out there is thinking this is a coincidence? They've just gone completely dead. There are no lights shining on the board. Wow. That is unbelievable. Well, okay, you heard it for yourself. The government is attempting to shut us down. The phones have gone dead. You heard our guest Larry. His phone was clearly being interfered with. The call screener thing is gone dead, too. The call screener? Is our studio on its last legs? Is is everything in there shorting out and going out? Looks like it. Wow. I don't know what to say, folks. What you're listening to is... Is something quite unusual. I did get the cease and desist from the government earlier today. I didn't think they could follow through this quickly. We did get a little over an hour of showtime in. 
but I'm also hearing from perimeter security that the government troops that have been at the fence just outside of this acreage are starting to mobilize. Well, I can read to you, since our phones have been shut down, I can read to you a couple of communiques that we've gotten from our audience. This is from Jameson. He says, I'm trying to call in, but the phones aren't working, but I want to talk about Bigfoot. My friends and I took a hike early in the morning after a fresh snowfall in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains in Westlake, Colorado. The only footprints we saw on the trail were from a man and his dog. We were among the first people since the snow to hike the trail. Once we got up about a mile and a half near the summit, we stumbled upon a gigantic footprint in the middle of a partially frozen river with a sheet of ice on top and some water running underneath. Also along the hike, we heard strange calls in multiple directions. I just got chills. And never saw any other wildlife except for squirrels. That is indisputable evidence that this gentleman, who also includes the picture of the footprint, a lot like the video that I posted, this gentleman was very close to Bigfoot. He says, I know a lot of the coast-to-coast calls are jokes. I don't know what he means by that. But this is when I became convinced that Bigfoot is not only real, but it's a species just like all the people who live near Bigfoot territory know and don't even question. Amen to that. I got another email from another listener who sent pictures, and perhaps I'll post this. But it says, use this intel on coast-to-coast with caution. I'm sure you get several emails regarding your groundbreaking government-defying show, thank you. But I have two pictures attached below showing proof of UFOs in Argyle. Again, that seems to be an epicenter for supernatural and weird behavior. My father took these pictures And the sheer terror of my mom's voice when he called to describe what they saw was disturbing to say the least. There were several following each other in the same trajectory that appeared like 737s moving far quicker than any airliner at a very low altitude. We thought it was Elon's Starlink. We checked to make sure and there was no scheduled liftoffs anywhere near us. Do with this intel as you please. And you and I already know they are among us. The first picture he sends looks like it could be a drone. The second picture, I can't explain it. And I'll post this on Twitter as well. But it looks like it could be either a square or rectangle. I would say it's probably 500 feet above the ground. It's got an orange glow on one end. And it appears to be traveling away from the camera. Now, I may not be viewing this correctly. It could also just be one long, thin, rectangular orange line with a strong orange glow around it. All I know is that what I'm looking at is, without question, from outer space. And when I say outer space, could be from Mars, but I'm thinking much more distant outside of our solar system. 
perhaps outside of our galaxy. The universe is really big. It's like more than a thousand acres. It's huge. And so I believe that we've been visited and are being visited by creatures, aliens, perhaps other humans, much more advanced, that have figured out black holes and wormholes and time travel. That's the key. And I think they're here among us. And as I've shared with our audience before, I think they come in many different forms, just like human beings do, just like all the creatures on Earth do. We have elephants and we have mice. And I think there is not a one-size-fits-all description for aliens. And I think that some of them who visit us are microscopic. We have no idea. We may have 10,000 of them in our home, and they're the way they travel, their spaceships, their rockets, their whatever they're using to get around are also microscopic. And I believe that they are larger, like the ones that we now have proof of that we'll be posting on our website uh, as soon as we can. By the way, in case you missed it earlier, we do have photos from a source within the government, photos of the aliens that they're keeping at Gitmo Area 51 and at a Ramada Inn outside of Bismarck. And we're going to post these photos and blow the roof off of this thing on our website. It's Junior Coast to Coast Radio Program that the government doesn't want you to listen to. Forward slash crazy alien photos. Backward slash dot org. I'm getting a notice that the government troops have have now penetrated our perimeter. And I don't know if... Our listening audience can hear that, but in the distance I hear helicopters. I am so sorry to report this, but it sounds like they may be trying to shut us down. It started with Larry's phone. They were clearly clearly tapping it or trying to shut it down. It started with our phones going down, and here they come, and I see them. I just want to say this to our listeners. I just want to say, uh, give me one second to say goodbye to our listening audience. Give me one second. I just want to say to our listeners, protest for me. Keep track of me. Follow me. 